Welcome to Saga Things Court to Court, where we're putting ourselves on trial. I'm John. Ooh, ooh a clever new opening, <laughs> you little scamp. <laughs> you <please laughs> I didn't know you had it in you. And that's my friend and co-host, Andy. Oh, come on now. You can say that with a bit more enthusiasm. I, I don't think I could have. <laughs> come on, just try. <laughs> just pump me up just a little bit. Let's hear it. And that's my friend and co-host, Andy. Yay! That sounds better. I like that. Is that sufficiently uh, enthusiastic? Yeah, you know, I think I deserve a little bit of a pump up now and then. (laughs) Next time, introduce yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the results show for our first quarter court. Now, I know that you are all eager to get on with the next part of Gretter's saga, and we'll get to that in the next week or so. Trust us, we're just as eager to get back to Gretter, but we promised a quarter court results show before the end of July, and we make good on our promises. Well, Well, most of the time, maybe. Uh, we, we are not perfect. We, okay. we miss sometimes. We mostly make good on our promises. <laughs> we're right. we're yeah. better than your average politician. Yeah we, yeah, we here at Saga Thing are at least not as bad as your average politician. <laughs> oh, that's not saying much. Right. We are above average politicians. Um, mm-hmm. All right. How do we want to do this? Um, well, let's start by reminding everyone what the quarter court really is. Do they need a reminder? I mean, they voted. Yeah. They sent questions. They did everything we asked. Why assume they don't remember what they did? Okay, that's an excellent point. Uh, then we won't tell them that the Quarter Court is a review of the first 10 sagas that we covered. No need to. And we probably don't need to tell them that we reviewed the winners from our judgment categories in those first 10 sagas before turning it over to listeners to decide on the very best in each category. I wouldn't waste my time, yours, or theirs. And, and it would probably be pointless then to say that we appreciated their questions and the loyal support they've been giving us for the past two years. Pointless, right? Well, I might take a moment to say something like that. I mean, I think our listeners deserve some praise. I mean, without them, this would not be nearly as much fun. No, no, no. It, it would just be you and me talking to each other, which is okay. Uh, but it's much more. Well, I mean, we've experienced that. It's not as good. Yes, we 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 did it. <laughs> uh, but it's, I think it's much more rewarding to share these conversations with people who enjoy the sagas at least as much as we do. And let's hope introduce the sagas to a new audience. Um, we've actually gotten a big response from a few people who have just stumbled onto the podcast mm-hmm. and ended up discovering the sagas through these ridiculous conversations. Yeah. So many lovely messages have been coming uh, through Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes reviews. Entire tens of people appreciate our work. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, I just, I can't say enough how much we appreciate the interactions and the kind words you guys have been sending. Yeah, it fuels the fire. It makes us want to do this even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and since this is as good time as any, if you want to review us on iTunes, our audience can grow even bigger. Yeah. Uh, it's not that we expect a podcast on the sagas to rank in the charts, but people searching for podcasts do tend to look at iTunes reviews after stumbling on an interesting title. The number of comments and their quality go a long way toward helping us find new listeners. That's right. And honestly, the most important way to help us is simply by telling your friends about us. And I'm not talking about your loser friends. I'm talking about the really cool ones who, you know, appreciate the wit of the Vikings, uh, their amazing right. adventures, and, right. you know, the, the occasional battle atop a whale carcass. Right. Now, that's that's our target audience, right? That That's uh, the, the, the upper crust, the cream of mm-hmm. the crop. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and don't be shy about contacting us with questions and comments on what we're doing. Uh, Andy usually responds pretty quickly. I do. Uh, which I assume means he has not much of a life outside of Saga Thing. <laughs> no, no, it's it's pretty pathetic. No, it just means <laughs> that I love our listeners that much more. There you go. Um, but I think if that's enough babbling. Let's get down to this. All right. Uh, are we doing questions or voting results first? Well, yeah, uh, while it's tempting to just jump right into the votes, which I kind of want to do, um, why don't we mix it up? Let's get crazy here. Let's, let's mix <laughs> it up, John. So you want to, uh, what do you want to do a question and then a judgment and then a question and then a judgment? Yeah. And then a question and then a judgment. Yeah. I, I, and then a question. I see where yeah, you're going you, with this. You're getting it. You're getting it. Okay. Um, that's a little bit complicated, but it just might work. Okay. Well, let's start with a question from, uh, Brunjar Johansson. Um, All right. He asked one that we get quite frequently, and I think it's pretty easy to answer, so we don't have to strain ourselves with this first one. All right. Uh, wait, before you reveal the question, let me guess. Okay, go ahead. So this is a question we get all the time, right? All the time. You go ahead. So it must be, when are you going to do Ale Saga? Oh, ooh, ooh, you're very <laughs> close. Really? Very close. Uh, okay. Um, then it must be, when are you going to do Nyal Saga? 
There you go. Now, I, I can only give you partial credit here because he does uh, ask that, but he's got a, a bigger question. Oh. Uh, what he really wants to know is what kind of reason or logic, if any, mm. uh, is behind the order in which we choose the sagas to cover in this podcast? Right. Now, I'm glad you included if any there uh, because that's probably going to be the most honest answer. Uh, there is not a lot of logic dictating our actions here. Wait now. That's not entirely true. Uh, let's let's pause and explain the process here because I think there there is one even if it's fairly haphazard. All right, if we can discover a process, um, I'd say there are there are two main factors that help to determine what saga we're doing each month. Um, mm-hmm. The first and foremost of those is scheduling. Uh, Andy and I are both active scholars who are researching, writing articles, presenting at conferences, uh, and we're also professors with uh, pretty high teaching loads. We've each got a 4-4 load, which means we each teach four classes every semester. Mm-hmm. And then to complicate matters further, we've both got young families. Uh, Andy's kids are a little bit older and a little bit more independent than my little guys, but uh, we've still got those schedules and responsibilities uh, to factor in as well. Yeah. And so, in other words, we're we're kind of busy. <laughs> right. Right. No, we don't mean that to sound whiny. <laughs> no. <laughs> just no, a little just setup to explain why we choose the sagas the way we do. Yeah. So, I mean, I've taken uh, to thinking of Saga thing as part of my job as a scholar of Old Norse Icelandic literature um, and the culture that goes with it. But I, it does have to remain a small part of my job, and it's typically done in that little bit of extra time that I can find each week. Right, exactly right. Uh, so, to answer Brynjör's question, we tend to choose sagas that we think we can reasonably accomplish in the time we think we have available <laughs> as we juggle our various responsibilities. And, and inevitably, that's going to mean that larger sagas like Grettir, Eil, Laxdala, and Njal, they tend to in- intimidate us a little bit more <laughs> than the shorter ones like Henthor's saga. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, honestly, we're willing to tackle longer sagas and we'll definitely get to them all. Uh, but they are big undertakings. Uh, just to be realistic here, episodes for the shorter sagas take plenty of time to put together. Mm-hmm. Longer sagas take twice as much. And giants like Njal and Grettir, well, those are much, much more difficult. Right, but we promise that we will get to Njal. Uh, the big sagas tend to be kind of summer projects for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when it comes to promises, we're at least better than your average politician. See, that slogan does come in handy. <laughs> I knew it would. I knew it. Um, now, the other factor that we consider when choosing the next saga is just personal interest. Um, we tend to read a saga, uh, and that might inspire us to go in a particular direction, mm-hmm. sometimes in very silly, weird directions. Um, well, but the Warrior Poets is a good example. We did those together in part for convenience, uh, but also because we wanted to read them all in succession so that we could highlight similarities and differences more easily. Right. For me, that led to some really, really cool epiphanies about Viglund's saga um, that I, I think will result in an academic paper at some point. Right. Uh, and we're only really reading Gretir right now because uh, I recall that Aratangi, the famous sword from Vatnsdala saga, is eventually given to Gretir. It's a loose connection, but it inspired us to spend this summer with Gretir. Right. And we'll be doing the saga of Finbogi the Mighty next because he also popped up in Vatnsdala saga. Mm-hmm. It's another loose connection, but it piqued our interest. Now, I've never read Finbogi saga. I'm not sure if you have, um, but I'm curious to see what goes on there. Right now, I'm hoping that sheds some light on the situation. Uh, thank you for your question, Brynjör. Uh, yeah. We're sorry that Njal is still on the horizon, but, uh, you know, with every saga, we get a little bit closer. <laughs> exactly. So on to our first final judgment. Our first final judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Best bloodshed. So we ended up with five strong candidates in this category. Uh, each of them are winners of their own saga judgment section, so there's no slouches here. No, yes, that's right. Uh, the first candidate was the torturing of Hrafenkel and his men, where they were each strung up by the heels. It's pretty gruesome stuff, and one of the only examples of torture in the family sagas. And a worthy candidate. Uh, we mm-hmm. also had the rage of Thorar in the Black, who lashed out after being called a woman by his mother and ended up killing a bunch of people. And uh, cutting off the hand of his own wife. Uh, did, 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 that was just a rumor. <laughs> she confirmed that it wasn't him. Yeah, of course she did. Why would she admit that her own husband did that? Anyway, the next one was Gizli Saga. Oh, yeah? Uh, what what did Gizli do that's so noteworthy? Oh, nothing much. Just took on a dozen men all by himself. Well, not all by himself, because, of course, Av was there with her yeah. uh, thick plank. Uh, but killed the majority of a dozen men who were sent to kill him. Sliced the uh, guy in half. Sliced the guy in half, leapt off of a promontory onto a man standing below, splitting him in half with his axe as he died. Uh, is that tying all? up 
tying up his shirt to keep his innards from spilling out so that he could continue fighting. Hmm. Uh, good I stuff. I can't imagine a guy like that gets many votes. No, not at all. No. Uh, the penultimate candidate is Halford, troublesome poet, plucking out the eye of Thorleaf, the enemy of King Olaf. Yeah, I think that's the weakest of our candidates, which explains why it only got one vote. One vote? That's all it got, <laughs> one vote? Well, it was an honor for Halford just to be nominated. <laughs> Indeed it was. Uh, and the final candidate was Thorvald Eriksson getting shot in the stomach by a uniped. Ah, that's great stuff here. Um, and before we say who won, why don't you tell us uh, who you voted for, John? Oh, mine was a sentimental favorite. Uh, I'm a big What's fan it? of Thorar in the Black having his one really? berserk rage. I'm surprised. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love that one as well. Um, I, I voted for the obvious favorite, Gizli. When you compare them all, I just you know couldn't not vote for him. I, I assumed that Gizli was probably going to take this category. Um, and I may have, so I sort of third partied it. You know, I wanted to make sure that Thorarin didn't, uh, didn't get ignored completely. He was your Ross Perot. That's right. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> yeah, and it's not surprising that the results here are pretty lopsided. Uh, for all the great bloodshed in these sagas, it's, it's really difficult to top Gizli's last stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended up winning in a landslide with, uh, 66.67% of the final vote. So precise. That's not even a little surprising, though. Gizli totally deserved that. Uh, the the next best score did go to Hravenkel with 11.9. Really? You can see 11. just 9. how hmm. how different it is. Uh, and then the Uniped with 10.71. Ugh. Thorarin got stuck in fourth place. Yes, uh, he did. Well, I think Gizli's win is quite appropriate, so no argument yeah. from me. No, and uh, we'll, we'll have to save the arguing for later because uh, I think we do have things to argue about. <laughs> we usually do. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do another question, shall we? Oh, certainly. Uh, why don't you choose the question this time? Okay. Um, how about this one from Petter Nordenstrom? Uh, he offers a nice comment about how the podcast has inspired him to start reading the sagas. Ah, oh, that's great. Good for you, Petter. Good stuff. Uh, and he wants to know how many sagas we plan to cover in the podcast. Now, this is another one we've been getting uh, quite a bit over the two years of doing the podcast, so I think it's a good one to address here. Mm-hmm. Now, the the goal short answer thing, is all of them. <laughs> all of them, that's right. Yeah, the, the goal is to go through all of the sagas of the Icelanders or the family sagas one at a time. And according to more traditional counts, there are 40 sagas in that group. So 40. Right. And uh, Greta is our 13th saga, so mm-hmm. we're about a third of the way through this. Uh, there are 27 left. Um, and if we're able to stick to about a saga a month, which is a little bit more ambitious than we've been so far, that still gives you more than two years of saga thing left to enjoy. And then when we're done with the family sagas, we'll likely turn to other sagas. Uh, I, oh, yes. I think I, I know plenty of people have asked if we'll be covering some legendary sagas like uh, Rolf Kraki or Volsunga Saga. Right. I know there have been be requests fun. for the King sagas as well. Mm. Uh, there's plenty of saga literature out there to keep us busy for a very long time. Uh, hopefully you'll still be with us as we transition to our next saga thing. Uh-huh. There you go with the puns again. Oh, uh, I, that was, that one was intentional. I couldn't help it. Of course. Um, and if you, uh, if you, if anyone wants to see which ones, which sagas we've done and which sagas are coming up, just head over to our website, sagathingpodcast.wordpress.com and click on, uh, at the top of the page, sagas of the Icelanders. That'll take you to a page listing out all 40 of the sagas we'll be covering and each one with links to English translations wherever they're available. Um, I've also posted an archive page where you can get easy access to the sagas that we've done. Okay? So that covers that. We're on to our next category. Nicknames. Now, avid listeners might wonder here why we're jumping to nicknames. Um, There was no need to vote for body count. We tallied the bodies for all the sagas. Reported the total count in the first part of the quarter court. Uh, there's not much more to say. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we trust you all to know your math. Uh, there was nothing to vote on. Uh, so it's time to do nicknames. Yeah, and this one was a bit closer than Best Bloodshed. Yeah, it was. I'm a little surprised at the outcome, though. I was sure there was one mm. candidate who would win it easily. Well, surprises are good. So uh, let's, uh, before we give the results, let's review the names first. Okay. We've got Havdan the open-handed but stingy with meat. Definitely a favorite. Thorbjorg Shipbreast. More favorite. Gunlaug Serpent Tongue. Not saying anything bad about that guy. It's a wise move. Then there's yeah. Odney Isle Candle. Now that is a stunning lady, Odney. 
the shining light of the island, I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. And and there's another guy. Yeah, go on. I don't really care to say his name anymore. Oh, come on, John. You got Snorri Gothi through trickery and deceit. The least you can do is say this guy's name. Uh, Thorkel Scratcher. Yay! But he didn't win, so let's not linger over him. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, he, he was a great candidate, though. I think I think he's more deserving oh. of the win. Come on now. We actually know the story behind his name, and it's a great story. Plus, he's actually a character in the sagas, not some quickly inserted name in a genealogy. Regardless of quickly inserted or not, you can't possibly think that Thorkel Scratcher deserves best nickname more than Halfdan the open-handed but stingy with meat. You know what? I can and I do. Halfdan T-O-H-B-S-W-M is an what obvious choice him? here, but hey, I can't be bothered to run through that whole nickname. So I just shortened it to a convenient acronym. Convenient? <laughs> uh, by my count, you're saving at best a couple of syllables. It's not a big deal, and it was ridiculously awkward. Look, John, look. Hey, you you and your, your ilk may have time to throw around extra syllables all willy-nilly, but guys like me, we got to conserve those syllables. I see. <laughs> no shilly-shally are you. Uh, no. So really, this contest came down, I think everybody knows, to two candidates. It's no surprise that mm-hmm. Havdan and Thorbjörg Shipbreast were neck and neck for a while. Yeah, you know, if uh, if Thorbjorg had gone with the lower neckline on that dress, I think she could have pulled it oh, off. But, uh, that's, it, in the that's end, it's just is a sorry. I'm sorry, ladies. I apologize. For shame. I'm very forward thinking. In the you. end, it wasn't enough. No. Half Dan T-O-H-B-S-W-M oh, uh, took the quarter court <laughs> with 47% of the vote to Thorbjorg's Thirty-one. Yeah, they were actually tied for much of the voting period, but Havdan made a strong yeah. push at the end. So impressive work by Havdan. Mm-hmm. Good job. Good job, Havdan, I guess. <laughs> I don't support you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I did vote for uh, Thorbjorg on this one. Who did you vote for? Uh, I voted for Havdan. Ah, well, <laughs> going for the obvious one. <laughs> so, uh, you know, since we're on the subject of nicknames, let's, uh, let's do a question about them. Uh, okay, what do you got? Okay, well, we have super listener Matt Firth. He asks us, if you were to change your name to that of any saga character we've dealt with, who would it be? Ah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, given your love of nicknames, I think uh, we could be here for quite a while if you really weigh this one out and consider all your candidates. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now, you know how I love me my nicknames. Yeah, I know. That's why, uh, that's why I'm going to ask you to think in your head and then give us a brief answer. Uh, and while you think, I'll tell you mine. How am I supposed to think and listen to you at the same time? Well, I've just assumed that you barely listen to me, so it's pretty it's easy. fair point. Uh, so who would you pick? <laughs> well, uh, there was a nickname that you mentioned in the first episode of Gretchen's Saga that I wouldn't mind, but uh, it's not family-friendly, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, this one uh, was a bit more difficult because on the one hand, there's the nickname itself with the sound and the connotations that it carries. And on the other hand, there's a character that's attached to it. So when I answer this question, I'm thinking only of the name itself and not the character. Okay, fair enough. So, Hen Andy. No, 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 not quite John Scatterbrand. <laughs> That's a good try. Um, I, so I have to say it's tempting to take a violent name like Sledgehammer mm-hmm. or Bloodaxe because mm-hmm. those are awesome, but they don't fit my per- per- personality at all. <laughs> Andrew Twisted Tongue. Um, we're, we're, we aren't going to do the tale of Sarcastic Holly, so that's out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the simplicity of Snorri's nickname, Gothi, because it implies something of his power and influence. But Andy Gothi just doesn't have that ring to it that I'm looking for, and it reminds me of that great loss back in episode three. <laughs> um, so I, I, I would choose Andy the Learned because it speaks to my interests and desires, but Ari the Learned isn't uh, really a saga character, so I can't choose that mm-hmm. one. So... I'm going to go with Home Gong Andy. <laughs> you know, I, Andy I, the I, I love that word Home Gong. Yeah. And uh, I love what it implies. So I might not be a violent guy, and I don't think I do particularly well in a duel, especially since I uh, managed to put a Japanese sword through my arm. <laughs> but, uh, but let's not dwell in reality. I'm Home Gong Andy. There you go. And if you have trouble with it, you know where to meet me. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So my turn. Um, I'll keep it short. I'll keep it simple. Um you're right. Thorolf Sledgehammer has a great nickname. Um, uh, I gotta say, Thorfinn Skull Splitter is a personal favorite. Uh, oh yeah. I, I, it's hard to resist that one. But as you said, yeah, perhaps not fully my personality. Um, 
And also, uh, I have to acknowledge that I was already given the nickname Tukuskegi, uh, or Forkbeard back in grad school. Uh, a nickname that I share with the early 11th century King Sven Forkbeard, ruler yeah. of Denmark, Norway, and briefly King of England. It's a, That's right, and we have mentioned That's right, and it's a proud name for a proud beard. Uh, and I've always admired uh, portraits of him because his beard is long, full, and very clearly forked as is mine. So I will go with uh, I'll go with John Forkbeard. Your friends have always admired your fork beard, and we love calling you that. So it's a quite an appropriate choice. I'm glad that's the one you got. All right, so let's move on to our next category. Notable witticisms. All right, here we are in our notable witticisms category. That sounded so valley girl. <laughs> so favorite category. Oh, my God. Like, gag me with a throwing axe. All right. <laughs> Very distressing. <laughs> well, notable witticisms was a uh, another one of the close categories. Very close, actually. Yeah, no, uh, this is actually I think the closest of all of them, isn't it? Well, it could be, could be. I'll, I'll tease this way: it's a one percentage point difference between the two wow. leading candidates. That is surprising. Like something. Now, one would think that Gunlog Thorbjarnason's not Serpent Tongue. <laughs> I, I think I said uh, Serpent Tongue when I introduced this in the uh, quarter court episode but i was wrong i mistook my gun logs um he was accused of going to stroke the old hag up the belly Oof. It doesn't get any pleasanter when you say it with that accent <laughs> it never does does it no um uh, but of course we should also point out that that uh came in last place yes it did in our notable wisdom category but it got 10 percent um, of the vote so that's not too shabby well, but of course it couldn't possibly win when it's up against thorvald erickson mm-hmm. who after being shot Fatally by a uniped in the new world and having the wherewithal as he dies to look down at his stomach and say, uh, this is a rich land we have found. There's plenty of fat around my entrails. Mm-hmm. Uh, except that didn't do any, really any better than Gunlog Thorbjarnason. So he deserved better than fourth place, which is what he got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only about 12%. So not too mm-hmm. good. Um, Ail Skudason from Bandamanasaga. Bandamanasaga. Yeah, it's good to say. Um, that one, uh, did very well, actually. It, uh, comes from when he was shutting down Thorarin in the end, and he said, I don't find it funny, though your servants laugh about it. When you sit with your legs tight, rubbing your thighs together. Ah. That is rough. Well done. We start, we start to understand our audience and what they want. Yes. That's uh, right. And of course, Thorarin's, uh, come back completing that one with, Wisdom is welcome wherever it comes from. That's right. You know, you know, it's, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this here and save it for later, but, uh, uh, most of the people that I've met and actually talked to think the Bondamana episode was, uh, one of our better ones. So, what, which one do they say was one of our worst? They don't, they don't, they just kind of avoid <laughs> eye contact and walk away when I ask them. <laughs> I see. Well, well, let's not, uh, shortchange Gunlog Serpentung, uh, who, your thingman, yes. who, Stood before Earl Eric with his seeping pus wound on his leg. That's actually one of the uh, more disgusting things in the sagas that we've read so far. It is unpleasant that as he shifts around, the sort of pus comes pouring mm-hmm. out of his boot. But he's not limping. Uh, but said, nevertheless, one mustn't limp while both legs are the same length. Ah, I love it. That's, that's a very, very good one. And worthy mm-hmm. of, I, I think, more than it got only 18% of the vote. Um, I would have thought it had it would have more. I like that one. Yeah, no, it's a it's a classic line. It's a famous line, actually. Yeah, but it's not funny, uh, and it seems to me like our right. audience enjoys a little bit of humor. Well, sure, but uh, that compares very poorly, actually, to uh, <laughs> Cormac's response to the very very lengthy. We're not going to go through it again. Lengthy uh, description of how to deal with the magic sword. Right, snakes coming out of pommels, <laughs> little bags to go over right. swords. Rub it here, rub it there. <laughs> the snake will wake up. Uh, Cormac's response, very fittingly, what will you sorcerers think of next? Brilliant. And it's not surprising, given our audience's love of humor, that uh, Cormac ends up winning that one with uh, 30% of the vote up against Ail Skulison from Bondamanasaga, Bondamanasaga with 29%. Ah, look at that. Or maybe they just like uh, like a good coffee mug <laughs> as right. is available in the Saga Thing shop. <laughs> yeah, so go to sagathingpodcast.spreadshirt.com or something like that. There you go. I don't know. Or something. <laughs> uh, so, time for another question. Okay. Um, What's this Dip one? your hand in the sack and see what you come up with. Ew. I'd rather not. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? 
Uh, this one uh, actually comes from uh, Jason Eisler, who asks us, where are Saga Studies headed next, and what is trending in this field? Which uh, oh. sounds like an academic question. Oh, yeah, this is an actual question. Um, yeah, so you're an academic. Why don't you answer it? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, well, this is a serious academic question, so I'll try to be serious about it. Um, so I would say the shift uh, in the last few decades has been away from the straight book prosist, free prosist debate, uh, which we've talked about a few times on here. Uh, that debate is still important. Uh, the book prosist argument in particular still directs a lot of modern work. Uh, the book prosist argument, for those who don't remember, is uh, the argument that the sagas uh, are a literary uh, creation, a literary form, and that they conform to certain kind of formal, in other words, structural uh, properties. Um, but one of the most interesting developments in the field has been the migration of saga studies uh, from its home in the fields of, say, German linguistics, uh, language study, comparative literature. More and more of the work being done on the sagas in the English-speaking world is now coming from literature and history departments. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's really shaping the questions being asked of the material. Yeah, the, um, the majority think, of people that we know working on the sagas mm-hmm. are coming from English departments. Right, right. Uh, medieval studies uh, programs. Because, well, and because of that, there's been a real influx of more kind of lit critty work. Yeah. Uh, whether that's coming in the form of gender studies, uh, work like my interest in disability studies, uh, or the kind of sort of dirty hands historicism that Andy does, and that can really put the sagas back to work as historical artifacts. Right. It's a, it's actually a pretty exciting time to be working on the sagas. Yeah, it's a, I think a, a growing field. And uh, if you're looking for some somewhere to get a foothold in uh, medieval studies or in the literature department, uh, there's mm-hmm. worse places you can go than the sagas. Absolutely. Um, I would also say that um, technology is going to become a major player in saga studies sure, in absolutely. coming years. It, in fact, it already is. Um, at Kalamazoo this year, John and I hosted a panel on sagas that attracted several scholars working on uh, mapping landscapes in the sagas. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there was also a lot of discussion after that about mapping social networks as well. So um, I think there's some interesting work, really interesting work being done in these areas, and I'm excited to see where that goes. John and I are big fans of comparing the sagas and seeing how these mm-hmm. worlds kind of interconnect. I think this technology offers a lot for that kind of that kind of work. Yeah, no, we we've been talking for years about the kind of macroscopic study of the sagas as a collective that mm-hmm. you can only do really when you have technology uh, to kind of back you up. Yeah, it's too much material, too much detail to sort of keep in front of you all at once. Exactly. But John and I don't know how to work with databases or uh, not a clue or uh, you know computers. So uh, <laughs> we'll leave that work to other people. Right. <laughs> so that's a you know a brief answer, but uh, but gives you a sense of kind of what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. On to our next category, which I believe is going to be outlawry. So the real pleasure of doing the outlawry section for the quarter court is that we get to outlaw one of these guys again. Right, send him <laughs> off the island. <laughs> is there is there a sub island somewhere? We need to outlaw them from Greenland then. Right. Can you imagine them getting the letter? You know what? I think given this rogues gallery we've got before us, they'd probably take it as a badge of honor. Yeah, they would. Uh well maybe not Narfi. <laughs> he would just be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so John, let me run uh, some of these names by you and uh and then we'll uh, reveal the the winner. And this one was uh, uh not that close actually at the end. <laughs> um the first way one to, was, way to build up the drama. Yeah. The first one's from uh, the saga of Bjorn, champion of the Hitardal people, and it was the enemy Thord Kolbinson who stole mm-hmm. uh, Bjorn's uh, girlfriend. An underhanded fellow. Yes. And no one's favorite. Uh, your favorite uh, from Cormac's saga, Narfi. Narfi. I uh, hate that dude. Bad guy. My least favorite, Henthorir from Henthorir saga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I, I was kind of amused by him, but you really hated him. Uh, I just don't like. Uh, you know, I loved Balloon Kettle. I don't know why I didn't take Balloon Kettle as a uh, a thingman. To be honest, um, uh, Henthor's not a good guy. Uh, then we had Eric the Red, the titular character from Eric the Red uh, Saga. Yes, and uh, uh, finally, give a surprise. I think I don't know if we were expecting to outlaw him. Yeah, well, and then uh, though there really wasn't anyone in that saga, so <laughs> very limited choices. And then uh, we wrapped it up with uh, Thorolf Twistfoot from Erbiggi Saga. Ah, oh, he's a classic. A man who only gets more evil after he dies. Yes. So uh, how do we want to reveal these? Uh, I'll say Eric the Red came in last with only 15%. Which is not terribly surprising because he's really the only one on the list who isn't sort of overtly a villain in his own in That's the saga. true. But he, he still got 15%, which is not not too not too bad since most of them are around that. 
Ford Colbinson coming in fourth place, which is surprising. Uh, I was yeah. expecting a little better showing from him. Yeah, based on his behavior. But, uh, you know, people uh, gathered around and they, they got their pitchforks out and they shook them at Henthor and Narfi, who both got about uh, 18, 19, 20 percent, something like that. Mm-hmm. So Narfi scoring a little bit better than Henthor or a little bit worse. I guess I don't know how you determine better or worse in this <laughs> right, category. Yeah. You want to have a uh, lower number here. Right. But the clear winner, uh, and I don't think this is a surprise to anybody, no. Thorolf Twistfoot, uh, the evil, bull-maddening, animal-killing, sun-betraying, yeah. the list goes on, black-souled and beast. If, I mean, he proved it in Air Big Saga. It's, it's not good enough just to send him a little ways away. You've got to right. really send him away. Right. So and when you burn the body, make sure you wash all the rocks in the vicinity <laughs> afterwards. That's right. You don't want him coming before back before you let your animals graze in the field. So, um, so Thorolf Twistfoot, we hope that sending you yet further away will keep us safe from you, <laughs> you freaky weirdo. Wow. Uh, all right. So we have a uh, uh, another set of questions to get through. Okay. Uh, this is actually a series of questions from Michael. Okay. Uh, Michael says, I really enjoy the podcast. Well, thank you, Michael. Uh, a couple of questions for you guys. What kind of equipment do you use for recording? What's okay. the hardest and easiest parts of doing the show? And what other podcasts do you listen to? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, um, well, the equipment that we use is fairly simple, though uh, we did try with the microphones at least. <laughs> we Right. Uh, well, and I think the only real complexity of our equipment is that because we're recording this uh, from nearly a thousand miles apart uh, – we have to get two of everything. <laughs> exactly. So uh, both of us, before we started the podcast, uh, well, I shouldn't say both of us. I did the research and figured out uh, that the oh. – uh, oh, well, you know you're not a te- technical wizard. So <laughs> <laughs> so um, after uh, extensive research, I determined that the uh, Yeti blue microphone would be the best one for us. Not only is it sexy looking, it does a good job as well. Right. Well, so my my blue Yeti, has I've added an uh, Auphonics pop filter. Uh, to try to uh, mitigate the results of a New York upbringing uh, when I speak <laughs> into the microphone. Um, I uh, I made my first pop filter out of uh, pantyhose and a uh, – uh, what do you call those? A a sewing hoop or something like that? I don't remember. Uh, but I now have a, <laughs> a, a professionally made pop filter that looks like it's made out of a pantyhose. <laughs> right. Well done. Yeah. Uh, and we record using Audacity, which is a free auto audio recording software. Yes, and it, it routinely freezes my computer, which is uh, quite quite wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's simple enough that uh, even a me can use it. Yeah. So, but the basic is that uh, you know John and I record at the same time. Each of us records our own track on uh, on Audacity. Then John sends me what he's got, and uh, I put it all together. Right. All right, so that's the technical aspect of things. Uh, what is the easiest or hardest part of doing the show? Um, well, for me, I mean, the easiest part of it is all the editing that goes on afterward. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I'm not involved. Uh, no, the easiest part is probably the actual recording. Uh, yeah. You know, we're essentially getting to spend an hour or two uh, having a beer and talking about a saga with a friend. Yeah. Uh, or more than one beer. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Um, um, the and hardest the, part, yeah, the hardest part is uh, it's got to be the scheduling of the thing. It's just so hard to yep. find uh, a moment. We tend to record late into the night um, mm-hmm. after our families go to bed. Right. And so as we speak, we, it is uh, ten seventeen p.m. on a Tuesday. Oh, we should have bumped that up, made it eleven, just to make it sound a little bit tougher. Oh, sorry, eleven seventeen p.m. on a Tuesday. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be here till at least eleven thirty. Oh dear. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I believe I can hear the cock crow twice. Uh, uh, no, I, but I, to be honest, the scheduling <laughs> thing is the worst. Uh, trying to find the extra time to to read the sagas, do a little bit of research, and uh, mm-hmm. think about what we're going to say about them. Um, it's just it's difficult to find that time. So that's. Yeah. I think easily the hardest thing that we have to, yeah, I mean, to do. Yeah, I mean, I would estimate uh, that we probably spend about 30 hours or so um, reading and note writing before we record. Yeah. Uh, and then there's probably, what would you say, about eight or ten hours of work to do afterward? Yeah, definitely. I, I certainly spend at least that uh, kind of putting things together. Um, part of that so, is yes. my computer freezing uh, over Audacity. Right. I really need to upgrade my computer. So if you want to donate some money to Saga Thing, figure out a way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll no, 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 no. We don't actually have a button for that. Oh, uh, well, don't well. confuse people. 
Oh, well. Um, what other podcasts do you listen to, John? Um, oh, I listen to a whole bunch of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, Rex Factor is, for us, the daddy of them all. Yeah. Uh, we've talked on the show before about getting the idea for Saga Thing from listening to Rex Factor. And since then, they've actually finished up the British Monarchs and started on Scotland. Uh, if you haven't listened to these guys yet, you really should. Uh, remember I've. Uh, <laughs> the British History Podcast I listen to, on and off. As uh, do I. Jamie, the host, has been putting out weekly episodes for a few years now. Um, he's 170 episodes in as of this recording, and he's still on the Anglo-Saxons. Which I love. I, I was just going through oh, yeah. and listening to all the stuff on OFA, because I'm doing uh, work with OFA as well. Oh, and God, just, he's got like 10 episodes on OFA. Oh, and deservedly so. I love it. Uh, but he's, he's pretty thorough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get these sidebar episodes on drinking, preaching practices, gender identity, food, more or less anything you need to know to become an expert on the period. Exactly. Some good uh, stuff. I also listen to Footnoting History. It's a podcast that gives academics a forum to tell, you know, interesting or bizarre stories they've come across during their research. Um, and I've just started listening to History Extra, the podcast for the BBC History Magazine. Wow, aren't you very highbrow? Uh, well, uh, well, okay, but then, but see, I've sifted these out into two different categories. Oh, okay. When I listen to non-academic podcasts, I tend to range pretty widely. Um, I like the Cracked podcast, uh, the Nerdist podcast, um, the Bugle, uh, which is a world news podcast from John Oliver and Andy Zaltzman. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to a few different podcasts from National Public Radio, um, and recently I've started listening to a podcast called The Heroine's Journey. It's a podcast that looks at pop culture through the lens of feminist responses to Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. Uh It's a lot of fun. All right. Excellent choices. Um, So I'm going to move through mine fairly quickly so we can move on to the next category. Um, John covered two of my favorites. That's Rex Factor and the British History Podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm also a big fan of Stuff You Missed in History and the rather dark but very interesting Sword and Scale, which is a true crime podcast that takes an intimate look at some of the pretty horrible crimes and the, the people that commit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listen to Bill Burr's Monday morning podcast every week while I mow my lawn and really enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of great podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network that are worth checking out, like uh, My Brother and My Brother and Me, uh, Bunker Buddies. Uh, those are especially fun. Uh, they also host the excellent podcast Sawbones, which looks at the very strange side of medical history. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I also uh, I listen to uh, – I have been listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve since its very beginning – uh, and just recently, I discovered Infinite Monkey Cage, which is about uh, science and astrophysics and cool stuff like that. Now, I know that's been on for a while, but I was avoiding it because, well, to be honest, my wife recommended it to me, and I don't like to give in to her too easily. You know how that goes. So there's plenty more, but I think that about covers the major ones. There you go. <clears throat> Whew. Well done. We should put up a we should put up a few links to some of these podcasts that we're mentioning, by the way, just so that people can try them out if they want. Yeah, exactly. That would be great. So, let's go on to our next category. Thing Man. Here it is. This is the category we've been waiting for. Um, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, now, this is our chance to look at the uh, the list of champions we've put together from the first ten sagas that we've recovered. Um, and, uh, well, why don't, you, uh, why don't you get us started? Well, I used to call this my favorite category. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Is that uh, a preview of the results? No, 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 no. Um, before we go, I, I want to just uh, point out the one of our listeners, Mick Orlowski, um, went ahead. He went that extra mile of yeah, the way world. above and beyond here, Mick. Yeah, he really went uh, beyond the uh, pale, and he created his own a group of thingmen uh, of characters that were left behind by John and myself. Uh, he called them the Bad News Bjorns and uh, posted them to uh, our Facebook page, so you you can check that out if you want to. He did right. pick so, uh, several animals. <laughs> Yeah, so it showed us up a little bit, demonstrated where we made mistakes. Yeah, uh, chose a uniped and the uh, the ghost seal, I believe, which I think uh, the ghost seal is a crowd favorite for sure. Well, and the uniped is not a bad choice. No. Because you're not going to get another shot at one of those. I certainly don't want to meet either of those in a uh, dark alley. So (laughs) good job, Mick. We appreciate that kind of uh, effort. All right. Uh, And now, so before we get started, uh, I have to make a point here. What's that, John? Uh, I, have to just, I have to just call Andy on the shameless attempts to take over this uh, <laughs> this category by really? using the bully pulpit of our Twitter account, our Facebook page, hey. uh, and presumably by hanging banners out the window of his house, trying well, to convince everybody not only to vote, but to vote specifically for him. 
Well, I, I would note that, uh, if you've seen those, uh, those requests or promptings, uh, you have access to both of our accounts. So why wouldn't you just get on and, uh, say something? It's called the high road, Andy. And I was busy <laughs> treading it. And you're known for that. <laughs> sure you are. That's great. So let's, well, uh, let's talk, uh, let's talk some results here. Well, I'll have you know that, um, in that last day when I tried to make an extra push, um, uh-huh. it didn't, it didn't go well for me at all. In fact, I think it, it it may have prompted some of my enemies to uh, vote against me. <laughs> so, um, the the end result is that uh, John, uh, I took thirty six percent of the vote. Oh dear! Um, and you took forty six percent. Hey! Thank you, thank you. I'm pleased so. that everyone was able to see beyond Andy's smoke screens what? to the quality of the team that I've put together. Well, I, I think what happened there was people just like Snorri Gothi, and we, we have made a rather big deal of him. And so maybe, maybe this voted where, where Snorri Gothi landed, so oh, landed wow. the vote. So that's the way I'm looking at it. Uh, well, uh, um, you know, I gotta say, um, there were 16.8%, so I'm gonna go 17% of people voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want any violence. You both win, which I think means that, those probably go to me. Oh, I see. I'm collecting those, which puts me, it puts me at 49%, which is better than your 46. So, I see. So I want to thank all the listeners for um, <laughs> voting for me. Oh, tragic, tragic. I mean, the reality is we're just going to, I'm going to take my thing, man, and we're going to storm the court and we're wow. going to take this victory. Now, I just want to point out that uh, uh, we had a comment from a listener, uh, Sarah Kobayashi, Yes. Uh, who says uh, that she would generally say that John's Thingmen are better, mm-hmm. but she's pretty sure that by the end of the first year, Snorri will be leading the group after John has an unfortunate axe-related accident. <laughs> uh, Sarah, so uh, I just want to say I totally agree that my Thingmen are better. Uh, I do want to point out that Snorri is a man who knows when to keep his more violent impulses in check. Uh, after all, he never did avenge his father's death because it made more sense for his family to remain allied with Uncle Gisley. Or he's a chicken. Oh, I don't think I have anything to worry about as long as I keep providing Snorri with valuable allies and winning teams. <laughs> now, if I lose the next quarter court, then I may have some trouble with him. Yeah, you we'll worry about that when the time comes. Yeah. No, uh, in all honesty, uh, I think we both had, and I think the votes show that we both had pretty decent uh, thingmen. Uh, this time around, uh, but the people like brains better than brawn. So, congratulations, John. I know when I'm bested. I admire the horse sense of the masses, <laughs> and I hope uh, I hope you'll know when you're bested after uh, you leave this thing and my thingman meet you outside. Say, <laughs> killer stir is going to come up to you and say, uh, "It's a nice uh, thingman trophy you got there." It would be, be a shame if anything happened to it. <laughs> All right, before we uh, finish this category, we do have another question. This is from Jason Green. Uh, Jason says, uh, At least one source seems to suggest the saying, Aldre Edgolfisa of Oftkvethen comes from the sagas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that correct? And if so, what saga does it come from? Uh, We should say that that translates, uh, to scan it quickly, more or less as, uh, never is a good verse too often spoken. There you go. Um, So that's a proverb, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, Sounds proverbial. it is proverbial. It's a proverbial proverb. There you go. <laughs> um, it, um, and they're actually, if you read the sagas, they are full of proverbs. Um, yes. So it's not surprising that someone might say that this particular proverb comes from the sagas. Um, I have to say, I did look through um, a concordance to proverbs, and I did not find it in there. So mm-hmm. um, I, I can't confirm that it comes from the sagas, sadly. But um, I also don't work in proverbs, um, and uh I wish I could help you a little bit more than that, Jason. Um, but I will say that if you are interested in Proverbs, you should check out Richard Harris's Concordance to Proverbs and Proverbial Materials in the Old oh, Icelandic yeah. Sagas. Um, it's a great work. I think it came out in, I want to say 2011, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it is available online. Um, you can find it, and we'll, we'll post a, a link to this at usask.ca slash English slash Icelanders, and you can get access to the concordance and see all of the proverbs, both in uh, Icelandic and in English, um, for you to Excellent. look through. So it's good. It's a good resource. Bumper sticker material for a hundred cars. 
That's right. And John, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, for our um, academic society, the New England Saga Society, uh, Richard mm-hmm. Harris actually uh, gave a paper um, at Kalamazoo oh, yes, for, yes. uh, for us about Proverbs, about this yes, very subject. Excellent stuff. I think it may have been right around the time this book came out. Yeah. So, Jason, if you are interested in Proverbs, that I would recommend you check out that book. And if you are really interested, um, track down Richard Harris and, and contact him. He's a very, very nice guy. And I think mm-hmm. he'd be very eager to talk to someone else who's interested in uh, Icelandic Proverbs. Absolutely right. Okay. Um, so let's uh, move on to our final category. Right. This is just for fun. This up. is... Favorite Saga! So this was a simple one. We're just asking you for your personal favorite out of the first 10 sagas that we've covered. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go through all 10 of them. We will just mention... Um, oh, why not? Let's go through all of them slowly. As slowly as we can. Wait, are you being serious right now? I can't... I have no idea. No, I'm not being serious. Best... <laughs> Uh, let's let's um, start with a dishonorable mention. I want to make a note of the saga that got the least amount of votes with only 1.32%. And that is Henthorir Saga. Ha! <laughs> Take that, Henthorir. Oh, Henthorir. Couldn't even make 2%. No. Who would vote for Henthorir Saga? It, with the list that we've got where you got you got to choose from Hrafnkel, Erbigya, Bandamana, Gunlaug. True. No, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, who's voting for that? Come uh, on. Gizli saga? Right. How, who's going to uh, say Henthor is better than Gizli? Come on. So I think uh, uh, let's just have a look here. Uh, okay. Our top three finishers uh, in no particular order were uh, Erbigya saga, Gizli saga, and Bandamana saga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, a little bit of a drum roll. Uh, our third place finisher with 15.79% of the vote, Bandamana saga. Bandamana saga. Tremendously disappointing to me because that's a name that should just win on its own. Yeah, uh, but when you compare it to the other two, um, I think it, it belongs in third place. Right, right. No, fair enough. Um, and now our first runner-up, and now this is a very important position because if for any reason the winning saga can't fulfill the duties of being the winning saga, <laughs> the first runner-up would have to take over. Uh, our first runner-up with 28.95% of the vote Erbigya Saga, oh. meaning that our winner for this quarter court, Gizli Saga, with a very close vote, actually, uh, yeah. 31.58% of the vote. Now, I imagine this like in a Miss America pageant and Snorri Gothi was standing there <laughs> next to Gizli. And uh, at the moment that you said Gizli won, uh, Snorri just gave him that look of, I'm going to kill you. No, 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 no. We already established that Snorri won't kill Uncle Gizli. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Despite yeah. the fact that he has I mean, good a, reason to do so. That's a proven fact. He won't do it. <laughs> well, that worked out nicely. <laughs> so Gizli's safe. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, Gizli. Um, uh, which one did I vote for? I think I voted for I, – I wanted to vote for Gizli, but I think I voted for Airbiga because uh, it's been a favorite of mine for a very long time. Yeah, no, I, I, I threw a vote to Bondamana because I had to. Did you really? Why did you yeah. have to? Because of the uh, rubbing your thighs together? Oh, just because Bonamana Saga is a personal favorite. I mean, just so many good lines, so many yeah. uh, clever figures in that saga. Yeah, really it's a good it. one. Yeah, we've done some really good sagas this uh, this this first quarter court. Um, some surprises for for both of us, but uh, I think we've got mm-hmm. some good names in there, and then some some more obscure ones. Well, I think one of the things that we didn't discuss earlier is that you know in the early going of this podcast, one of the things that determined the the sagas that we chose were sagas, frankly, that we were already teaching. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so to some degree, the early list of sagas reflects some of our sort of uh, our favorites for teaching. Yeah, course design stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that anyone taught Henthor saga. Well, no, no. That's when we started get, branching out a little bit. Well, uh, we appreciate everyone uh, sharing their favorite saga with us. And um, right, absolutely. Let's move uh, on to our final question. Who's this? Right. One we from? have one last question. Uh, this is a question from Wendy. Uh, right. Wendy asks, John, which saga character is most like Andy? Hmm. And Andy. Which saga character is most like John? Okay, before we jump into that, is this a Wendy that I know? I think it might be because uh, we're also told that we get bonus points for not saying which characters your wives are most like. <laughs> so so if, if my wife wanted to know these things, why wouldn't she just ask me? Well, because she wants to know what I think too. Ah. Well, for the podcast, go ahead. Uh, or do you want me to go first? No, I'll, I'll take it first. Uh, okay. I'm going to say that Andy is probably most like Henthor. 
Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you, I, I, I really want to swear here. <clears throat> no, 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 no. I wouldn't do that to you. Um, actually, he's probably most like Ref the Sly, uh, the trickster from Gizli Saga. Uh, Ref is essentially the human embodiment of a cartoon character, uh, <laughs> which I think is pretty much Andy's personality in a nutshell. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. And uh, we'll be seeing an entire saga of Ref later on. So uh look forward to saga. You know, I, I'm not offended by that at all. Um, who is John like? I think my first impulse is to say that he has the kind of uh, grumpiness of a Thorolf Twistfoot. Oh. And, and the uh, the kind of aged wisdom of a Gris Samingson. Shame, shame. shame. <laughs> but no, no, no. <laughs> That's just the old tropes that we go through. I'm joking. Um, I think that I'm going to put you with uh, Gunlog Serpent Tongue. Oh! That's not an insult, by the way. He is uh, my thingman. Yes. Um, I think you have a, a, a sharp tongue and a very stubborn will. Oh. But you're also uh, quite noble and good and witty and oh. a hell of a lot of fun, John. So, so sweet. Yeah, so I think you're a great Gunlog Serpent Tongue. I hope you find that acceptable. I also I also remember what happened to Gunlug Serpent Tongue, so thanks very much. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. Did he die? <laughs> oh, you know, a little bit. So does everyone in the saga. There's nothing remarkable about that. Ref didn't. Uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> right, good boy. Chance. So there you have it, the end of our results episode. All right. Thank you all very much for listening to this uh, and indulging us uh, with our quarter court. Yes, obviously this is a, a little bit more informal, a little bit le- more goofy. Um, so we apologize if it wasn't up to our usual quality. Slightly more beer fuel than usual. <laughs> right. Um, but we will be back in about a week or so with uh, the second part of Gretir's Saga. We look forward to doing that. In the meantime, uh, share your responses or comments to this ridiculous episode uh, by getting in touch with us on Facebook at Saga Thing Podcast and uh, on Twitter at Saga Thing Pod. Um, you can also get in touch with us via email at sagathingpodcast.gmail.com. Who uses email? Or go to our website, sagathingpodcast.wordpress.com. So many things. So many things. So many things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I kind of petered out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you derailed it by, by saying that nobody uses our email. <laughs> Uh, Thank you very much, and uh, we'll be back soon. Bye for now. What are you laughing at? (laughs) Just how awful we sound. (laughs)